Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. We're so glad to have you here today. This is the place where we, where we talk about all things kids ministry. So whether you're looking for best practices, for new ideas, for ways to train your team and inspire them, or for ways that you can just minister to kids better, we have episodes for you. So make sure you take time to dig back through our archives of the podcast. You can find those at kidsministry101.com. I know you may be listening to this through a an iTunes feed or th- uh, some other channel, but you can find the home of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast at kidsministry101.com. And we invite you to go there where you can find show notes and other interesting things that go along with each episode. So check us out at kidsministry101.com. Today, we are going to be talking about large group. There's lots of different ways to gather your kids together in large groups and small. And we spend quite a bit of time talking about what happens in this small group teaching times. But we wanted to take time to just sit back and talk about all things big. And so we're going to go big today. I'm here today joined by Bill Emiot. Hello, Chuck. Say hello to the people. Hey, people. (laughs) So Bill leads our training team here at Lifeway Kids and the Lifeway Kids team. Spends a lot of time on the road training. Bill, you've been traveling recently. Where have you been and what you've been doing? Well, um, most recently I was in Memphis last week, and the weekend before that I was in Portland, Oregon, and the weekend before that I was in uh, Nashville training with Vacation Bible School. The weekend before that I was in Fort Worth. The weekend before that I was in Houston, and the weekend before that I was in Ridgecrest, North Carolina. And I'm tired already just hearing about that. (laughs) I'm going on a cruise soon, though. So when you are doing these trainings, Bill, what kind of things are you talking about? All kinds of stuff. We've been doing Vacation Bible School the whole month of January, so we were preparing for In the Wild Vacation Bible School 2019. Um, More recently, I've been talking a lot about Sunday school training, preparing leaders in different areas. Um, This coming weekend, I'll be in Midlothian, Virginia, where I'm going to be talking about a variety of different things. One of them, um, joining a child on his spiritual journey and what that looks like. Uh, Talk about four markers in a child's life, discover, discern, decide and disciple. Bill is a wealth of knowledge, (laughs) as you can tell. And so it may be uh, not the easiest for people to find you on the road if they're they're blessed and fortunate enough to be at a location where you are coming to train in their state. Maybe they would get a chance to meet you. Probably the best place to connect with Bill is at our Etch Family Ministry Conference that happens every October. Oh, yeah. Here in Nashville, Music City, our backyard. We're at the Music City Center. There's details at etchconference.com. You can check that out. But Bill lines up the faculty and all the teaching content that we host in our breakouts at Etch. And so that's a great place to connect with him if you're looking for this kind of training. I would look forward to it. We are going to have over 60 breakouts at Etch this this fall, um, including family ministry, student ministry, kids ministry, preschool ministry, leadership development, um, looking like a really good lineup. And that sounds like a big event. Speaking of the big event, that big event is put on by our event producer, Mr. Michael Wally. Hey, Michael. Hey, Chuck. And Michael's our special guest today in the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. It is going to be so fun to hear your thoughts on this. So Michael uh, has a background in our camps ministry, and he has led for many years in our camp space, still involved there. Uh, He's been camp pastor, but he also helps design the stages and come up with the whole experience. And now really that's his job is to make Mm -hmm. the big events that we put on really cool and exciting. So if you've been to a VBS preview, if you've been to the Etch Conference, you have seen Michael Wally's work, (laughs) and it is outstanding. Thanks. So your creativity is super exciting. And so we want to talk a little bit today about 
going big about what we can do in these large group settings. I know that's something that has meant a lot to you Mm -hmm. through the years growing up as a kid and now serving as a leader as an adult. Uh, But first, I want to know what kind of coffee you're drinking. Uh, Right now, (laughs) I have a venti black coffee. That's all it is. It's just iced coffee. It is iced because it's a little warm here today, which I'm so thankful for. But it's just black coffee. No sweetener, no sugar, no cream, just straight caffeine. So the cup, guys, (laughs) let me describe it for you. It's one of those, you know, clear plastic cups from that coffee place yeah, where the, everybody goes for the Wi-Fi and they have uh, a lot of coffee there. I don't know if we can say the name. because I don't be, know if we can. They're not either, paying for the endorsement, no. but he's got a green straw <laughs> and I can see through the cup. This, it almost looks like Coca-Cola. It's That's this right. really dark without the fizz. Mm-hmm. No fizz. That's it. But it's it looks really rich. And so I asked him, I'm like, what are you drinking? And so I, I think of you as a coffee connoisseur. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like your coffee. I or love a coffee my coffee snob. I maybe a coffee snob. I I you know, every morning the first thing I think of is where am I going to get my coffee? Okay, before I get to work. So so I have most like, of us go to this. We just do the coffee yeah. the same way every day, but not you. Right. I every day I go to a different spot. I have a few different spots oh. on my way to work that I like to stop, but it's normally a different one every single day. See, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I love it. I love that you break the routine and that you find mm-hmm. new ways to do things. So are you like that in general? Oh, do you yeah. not like to get in a single routine that you repeat the same thing? Oh, yeah. I love spontaneity. I love changing things up. I love – I mean, even even at work, I try and work in a different spot um, several different times a day, but even different days. So I love it. I love changing things up. Well, speaking of keeping things exciting, let's talk about the topic at hand. So yeah. we're talking about large group. Now, you wrote a blog post recently mm-hmm. for Kids Ministry 101 uh, blog, and you wrote about large group ministry and the, the importance of it, the value of it, and you had some tips on how to do it well or things to think about. Yeah. Now, Michael, what do you call a large group? So large group in different churches can look like different things. Um, right. I've been in several different churches where it looks totally different. In my Sunday school of 13, we have a large group and a small group. Right. So that's not what we're talking about here, right? right. Yeah, so it's not about how many kids there are, no. right? It's, no, it's really talking about when you take different age groups or however your ministry is divided for a small group. So maybe you're divided by grade or maybe you're divided by younger kids, older kids. This is talking about the time where you put all of them together. All of them. So maybe it is part of your Sunday morning experience. Maybe you have a small group time and then they all come together for worship or for drama or for teaching. Or maybe this is something different. Maybe this is happening on a Wednesday night where maybe on Sundays you're broken up into the small groups. And on Wednesday nights, you have all your kids in your ministry together. I guess you could even refer to it as a time of corporate worship for your Mm. kids' ministry. But directly geared toward kids where you have all the kids hearing the same thing, whether whatever grade they're in. So in our church, we're a relatively small little country church. We have our Sunday school hour where kids are broken out by grade. But then for our children's church hour, everybody comes together in one space for a large group experience. Yeah, I think I think I see that a lot at my church. We actually we have an hour with them. And so the first 30 minutes is small group. And then we come together for a large group for about 25 minutes. And then we go back for about five minutes until parents pick up the kids. So different church contexts, however this works for you. I I think a lot of churches are doing more of a large group element. And Uh, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I think that I've seen a lot of churches uh, that are in that pattern of do like a large group, small group, large group, or Mm -hmm. a small group, large group, small group pattern where they're mixing it up even within one one, uh, service hour. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something I'm extremely passionate about. You know, I remember as a kid, um, I, I am 
I'm a result. I give a lot of credit of my spiritual life um, to an incredible kids ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of my favorite times in fifth and sixth grade specifically, my church started doing this large group element. We would have our small groups that were, we would dive deep into spiritual applications. And that's really when we were discipled and, and we'd have a concept that we would take further and we'd go really deep in small groups. But large group was the time where I would get to see kids that were older than me and younger than me, and I would get to worship alongside of them. Now, I'm a very active learner, so that was so being able to worship and sing fun songs and do motions and then do a game, that, that was totally up my alley on a Sunday morning. I thought that was the coolest thing. Um, now, that wasn't the time that we went super deep into a concept of discipleship, but that was when we really brought it back and reinforced that idea that we were learning in small group. And I just remember learning so much and being grown in my spiritual life so much through large groups, so much that it has really become a passion of mine yeah. um, as I served in kids ministry, as I was a kids intern in high school. And then when I served as a college student in the church I went to in college, I served as a large group host. And now I serve as a large group host and it's kind of my area that I get to volunteer in is large group. So I love it. I think it's extremely important. I know for a lot of us, this idea is is new. It's, it, it's not new, but it's new to some of us. We've been doing a traditional model for a long time, and now we're being asked to look at this idea of bringing all of our kids, maybe that's kindergarten through sixth grade, in mm-hmm. one room and doing doing this thing, um, a large group experience. What, what tips would you give us for making that successful? So I have three tips. Oh, um, and so I actually have a pre-tip. I guess, I guess you could say it's three tips plus one. Right. So um, before you ever get into tips and how do you make large group work is to make sure that make sure you understand the why of doing large group. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it just to have a time where you can be cool or you can be fun, that's probably not the best reason to do large group, but really get with your other kids ministry leaders um, and just know that you have a vision that ultimately large group should be a time to reinforce that those topics that you're going over in small group that your kids are learning. It's not a time just to have fun, but really it should be driving in that message of the gospel or driving in that message of what you want your kids to be learning that day. One of the, one of the great things about that large group time with all the with all the kids together, and that maybe folks who have not done this can relate a little bit to VBS, right? Yeah. Because that VBS rally time at the beginning really is a large group gathering of That's all the kids exactly of multiple right. grades. So we are familiar with that if you've done VBS, but there's something special, like you said, that happens in that time. There's a different energy. There's mm-hmm. an excitement. You have kids of different older kids now can influence younger kids, hopefully for the good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that time of celebration, really, in this type of a gathering. It's also a good time to play games, right? Oh, absolutely. But now you you recommend you may not be able to just do this with uh, taking somebody who's just because they're strong in a small group setting may not make them a great large group leader. Right. It takes a different skill set. Um, it could be someone who has both skills, but it does take a different it just take a specific skill set. So what that, do you look for in a person so, to lead in a large group? All right. So look for someone who's passionate. So this is actually my first tip is to be sure to recruit the right volunteers. Um, so you need to look for someone who's passionate. And what what elements do you have in your large group? Do you have a time of worship? Well, you need someone who's going to lead those that worship time, whether that is just a CD player or just an MP3 player and a DVD or I've seen some churches who go all out and they have a live band specifically for their kids. So 
what fits in your context of ministry and who's going to lead that, who is skilled to lead that. That could be someone already serving, or that could be someone who maybe plays in your band on Sunday morning in big church, or maybe it's um, maybe they have a they, maybe they have a teenager who would love to learn and grow in that way. But find someone who's really passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Another opportunity to serve is someone who can, I guess, host or teach because you do in that large group time you want to be sharing the gospel. So find someone who's able to clearly articulate that point. So whether they're learning a script or whether they're learning a, some points for them from the curriculum or whether they're coming up with their own sermon, be sure that it's kid-appropriate, and that they're clearly able to connect and engage with kids. Another element you may want to do is drama. That's one of my favorite elements, and Mm -hmm. that's actually how I got recruited when I was a high schooler um, because I loved drama. So find find some people who are are good and passionate about that. And that's an area that, you know, someone who loves performing skits, they may not find their um, sweet spot in a small group. This is a great way to engage them and let them be involved. So it could be a good way to bring in some new people Mm -hmm. who aren't currently serving and maybe some young people. Absolutely. Could, even high schoolers may be appropriate. If you're in the room and you're you're guiding mm-hmm. and leading the overall experience, to have them act out the skit could be something that's really a good idea. Absolutely. In my own church right now, I actually have a friend who just started attending a church. I've been friends with him for a long time, and he's moved to a different area of the city. Um, as he was looking where in our entire church where to get plugged in, he is passionate about media. And so he's become he's been able to plug in in that way, and it's been cool to see him serve through that. Okay, so you've mentioned drama, media, Uh and music. So those are three things that really can shape the feel of your large group time. Talk a bit about the importance of using media or using drama in that setting. I'm a huge, I believe that God gives us the skill and God gives us the passion to be creative. So this is, large group's a great way to use that creativity and use those things that you may not see in other times except VBS. So that's a great way to include that. Um, And it really does change it up. I mean, kids are, I mean, I'm a product of PBS and I'm a product of Nick Jr. And so kids are learning other concepts in that way of drama and creativity and music. So it's so valuable. For us, those of us in the church who have the most important concepts to be teaching them, let's use some of those same effective methods that kids are already used to. Well, let's use them to share the most important message, which is the message of Jesus. I think that's great, Michael. I appreciate what you said. I kind of started to snicker when you said you were a product of of, of Nick and PBS. Yes. I'm a product of Bugs Bunny and, and Sesame and, Street. And Sesame right? Street. And so here I am sitting at the table and I'm not sure that I don't need to be even looking for someone like you to recruit, to take the whole large group experience and, and run with it, not just as a children's ministry leader, the director of children's ministry at my church. It may not be that that's your giftedness, but you need this Perhaps you still need this in your as in your ministry portfolio. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you may need to be looking broader than just, okay, I need a media person and I need a, a drama. You may need a, a director of large group. I mean, you know, it might be called mm-hmm. something different in, in, in different settings, but you need someone to run with this. And, and I think it's important that we tell our listeners that it's okay. If you're God didn't gift any of us in everything, and, right, right? And you may be gifted in administration, and the 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 idea that you're going to have to run this large group worship experience freaks you out. Then 
good chances that God has placed somebody in your church who has that passion mm-hmm. and would love to run with it, you know, perhaps under your, your tutelage, under your management at <laughs> yeah, some absolutely. level, but not, uh, don't feel like you have to do it all. That's a, another recruit that we might could be looking for. And the right person doing that can, can, can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And so, this, and this is something that I think that's a great observation, Bill. It doesn't have to be you all the time. In fact, it's better sometimes if it's Definitely. not always you in front of the kids. My ministry verses, Ephesians four twelve, equip the saints to do the work of the church. Yeah. And so we need to allow those who God has even equipped to do the work that we're called to do as well. Mm. So, Michael, you had talked a bit about how this is a this isn't in place of your current, whatever format you're teaching your small group right. time in. This is in addition to that, and it enhances it. So right. how does this, how does this uh, reinforce what you're doing in your small group time? Well, this takes something that maybe the kids experienced and have learned about in that small group, and it just kind of takes it to the next level. Because maybe you guys focused on a Bible story. Well, this is a great way to change it up and reinforce it again. You know, going back to Nick Jr., which I didn't plan to talk about. <laughs> when I was a kid, Blue's Clues, they played the same episode five, it was the same episode every single day of the week. And I remember being confused by that as a kindergartner, but by day three, I totally knew exactly what they were trying to teach. Repetition is a great way to reinforce teaching. Yes. And so kind of like that, this is a great way to reinforce what you're teaching in a different way. Mm Because maybe you talked about it. Maybe you opened the Bible and you guys got deep into the story. Well, this is the way to bring along a song that can reinforce that. Or maybe bring along a drama or a video that can help reinforce that so that kids have not only heard it one way, but maybe they've heard it two or three different types of, of ways in one morning so that they can go and that, that they can apply that to their lives. We've been talking about that for a long time with uh, multiple intelligences and learning preferences. And mm. boys and girls don't all learn the same way. So some of them need that interaction. Some of them need that visual. Some of them need to hear the Bible content. And sounds like large group can provide all of or a lot of those things in one setting. Right. And that, that kind of brings me to my second tip, So is to make it kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that that is kind of easy to do is we could look at something like a giant youth conference and we're like, we want that in our kids' ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to ask yourself, is that kid friendly? I right. mean, that may be and something is it that's appropriate. A, for is it appro- yeah. That may be appropriate for high schoolers, maybe appropriate for college students or maybe even adults. But is that going to best reach kids? So find out what is kid friendly to your church and your community. Be sure that everything that is presented is on a kid friendly level. Um, it's probably best not to do inside jokes that all the volunteers are giggling about, but the kids probably sh- shouldn't be hearing those. <laughs> um, also, don't make it boring. I mean, as an adult, I don't want to be bored. So be sure that you're choosing songs, you're choosing skits that are really engaging to the kids. Um, and they'll let you know. I mean, and, it, and it's okay to try out different songs, but if you start playing a song and kids groan, well, maybe ask yourself, do we really want, do we want to keep doing that song? Or is there a song that as soon as it's played, all the kids go absolutely crazy for? Um, just find, song, um, find songs that are appropriate, kid-friendly, and really reinforce the message mm-hmm. and reinforce the gospel. I appreciate that. I, I, I think that a lot, of, a lot of us have been a part of, of 
large group experiences for kids that were not age appropriate. And so it's important that as the ministry leader, you 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 keep a hold of that. You keep aware of that and, and, and do the research if needed. What is appropriate if you're doing a large group experience for preschoolers? It doesn't need to look like the same one you're doing with preteens. Right. It won't be appropriate. Uh, their attention spans shorter. The their ability to to perceive the the concepts you're talking about. They're very concrete thinkers, and a lot of times we talk about abstract concepts with older kids, and so mm-hmm. that's that's hard to 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 meld meld those two together. But I think that it's important to keep that in mind and make sure that you provide a, a an experience that's age appropriate. Right, and if you're unsure, seek help. Do some research. Um, Find seasoned kids ministry leaders who are doing this. Um, in fact, I saw one of our friends who's a kids ministry leader actually saw a Facebook post that where, where he said, hey, who is doing worship for kids? I would love to come see what you're doing mm-hmm. as we're trying to figure it out for our church. Um, put out a Facebook post like that. Find churches around you. See what they're doing and see if, see if you're able to either go see it or maybe they could maybe send you a video of what they do. Um, but s- seek out some help and, and see what other churches in your area are doing. And the great thing is that if you're using a LifeWay resource, we provide components within mm-hmm. the curriculum that are designed to be used in a large group setting. So whether you use Explore the Bible Kids, the Gospel Project for Kids, Bible Studies for Life Kids, my church, we run Bible Studies for Life Kids, and there is a worship hour that's available. It has media, it's got music, it has games, it has a script for a skit. That's all there in this resource already. And I can take that and, and recruit people to do the skits, and get other people to lead the worship, and play the videos up on the screen. And it really makes for a turnkey large group experience that matches the content that my kids just learned in the prior hour in Sunday school. I do think there's something to, to the notion that many of us have situations where we have kids for more than one program hour mm-hmm. on a Sunday. And so what do you do if you have that kid for one or two hours in a row? Or if maybe they're, they're a, a child of someone in the worship team or somewhere else, you might have them for three hours on, right. a, on that, that uh, Sunday. And so we need to mix it up for those kids so they're not just hearing the same thing in the same way. Let's pause for just a moment from our conversation. I'd like to tell you about a brand new webpage that we've designed to make it easy for you to see, show, share, and compare the ongoing quarterly curriculum resources that are provided by LifeWay Kids. The URL is teachkids.lifeway.com, teachkids.lifeway.com. And it's a place where we have set up one page where you can see digital flipbooks that let you instantly preview teaching resources study plans, and the framework that we build each of our ongoing resources on. So check that out at teachkids.lifeway.com and share it with a friend so you can check out, see, show, share, and compare the resources we create at LifeWay Kids. Now back to our conversation. And then that leads me to the last tip that that I have is if you choose to do a large group, make it different than small group. I do think that's important and that helps drive home that point or else kids are going to be like, oh, we were sitting in this room we already for heard this time that story. and now we're sitting in this room. Yeah, so, right. so if your small group time <laughs> takes place at tables in a classroom, maybe see if there's a different room that you can go to. Or at my church, we only have one big room for kids ministry. So for small group, they're sitting around rugs. So when it's time for large group, we all move to one area. Um, of the room that's different. So that really does change it up and it signals, hey, we're going to do something different. 
And so kids' attention spans are short, and we have to be sensitive to that. So that really does help engage them again and re-engage them so that they're ready to learn more or, or do something else. Um, and, so, and so like I said earlier, if your small group is focused on diving deep into a Bible story, then focus your large group on worship or a skit or a message that reinforces that. Because the thing about large group is that you can't get to know every single kid in large group and you can't hear from every single kid, but you really can in small group. So sm- large group's not, not the place to get to know and not the place to disciple, but it is the place to reinforce and take what you're learning in small group to the next level. It can also be a great place to acknowledge birthdays and to mm-hmm. do things like that. There's, this also feels a lot like camp. Right? Yeah. When you, if you take your kids to Central Kid or to Student Life for Kids, when you go to summer camp, large group gatherings is a, is a time of celebration where, you know, if you, you get to acknowledge someone, uh, a child's successes, you get to welcome visitors, and the large group setting is a great place to do those kind of things. Absolutely. And for most of your kids, they're not getting anything like this anywhere else in their week. Um, most schools don't have a time when they're all coming together Assembly and time. they're just playing Those a game and singing. <laughs> um, that doesn't happen normally in a school. So this is a time to make it different. What can you do at church, um, whether that's Sunday morning, whether that's Wednesday night, that they don't get anywhere else that yeah. they will not forget? And I believe large groups a great time to implement that. Last words, Bill? I think that's some good that's some good content, um, keeping the focus on the, on the main thing and um, I know that a lot of times if we're not careful, we can turn those large group experiences into to, um, horse and pony shows that look like um, uh, that become crazy. Keeping that focus by using these three tips, I think, can really be helpful to us. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Bill, for being here with me today. Sure. Michael, thank you. Thanks for the insights. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the work that you do to make our events so so phenomenal. And listeners, if you have not been to our Etch Conference or to one of our VBS previews, we want to invite you to come and check them out. Uh, Etch Conference is in October, and you can find out information at etchconference.com. Our VBS preview events that Michael also puts on for us are in January. Yeah. So you may be a ways away from those, but Mark your calendar now because January comes faster than you think. It does. It does. And so we hope you'll put these things to use. Michael, thank you for your time. Listeners, thank you for listening. And please join us again soon on another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.